This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. NFL Films. Strange word of the day for a random Friday, February 12th, 2021. The reason NFL Films is the word of the day is something's going on with the NFL. And it's time to explain it to people and understand that the NFL is a huge brand. The NFL is a protected brand. Roger Goodell is the protector of that brand. Everything Roger Goodell does and everything everyone who works for Roger Goodell does is to protect that brand and build that business. We learned that this season as they forged through COVID, got us to a Super Bowl. NFL Films is a separate entity. It was at one time. Anyone remember Ed Sable and his son, Steve, both who have passed away? They had very distinct voices. Ed's voice was very distinctive when you'd see an NFL films, NFL films presents, and it would be this amazing sort of video of a Super Bowl. Or I remember Ed Sable describing Otis and OJ Anderson. He was a giant. And during one of the Super Bowls, I think it was against the Bills, not the Broncos. I think it was the Bills back in 1990 or January of 91 when he did a uh, sort of underarm, forearm shiver as he was running a great play. And it gets described in this deep voice. Why is NFL Films on my mind? Because something's going on right now. Is it a cover-up? Is it a brand protection issue? Let's talk about it. I've been taking the time since last Sunday to think about the Super Bowl and think about Tom Brady as the face of football. Tom Brady is the face of North American sports, I could easily argue. Tom Brady being seen celebrating in Tampa, throwing the Lombardi trophy from one boat to another in Tampa Bay. That was something. Can you imagine if that had not been a successful completion? The Vince Lombardi trophy with divers going down with snorkels and scuba tanks trying to recover the Vince Lombardi trophy. It would have been an absolute cluster duck. So then there's video of Tom Brady maskless being escorted by Gronk off the boat, and he's totally hammered. That got a lot of attention. It was funny. Made me smile. But what about the underbelly of the NFL, the underbelly of Tom Brady? So I'm thinking about the Super Bowl, and something went on during the game that didn't get a whole lot of attention, but it certainly was noticeable to me. Tom Brady's fiery. I like it. 
Tom Brady's a competitor because Tom Brady is a winner. Tom Brady's getting into it. I like it. Believe me, trash talking has a place in sports. When you can get inside someone's head, you are halfway home to a victory. Michael Jordan was a pro at it. We learned on Last Dance that he needed motivation. He would trash talk to get that motivation. I'm in. I like it. I want it. I need it. So I see Tom Brady talking to a player for the Kansas City Chiefs, a defensive back. His name is Matthew. And Tyron Matthew, you remember him. And so Brady and Matthew were getting into it. A flag gets thrown. Matthew gets called. Matthew's going crazy. The half ends. He's yelling at somebody. They keep showing him on the sideline. He's yelling at his teammate, not in a fight, just explaining what's going on. And sort of Nance and Romo show it, mention it, half ends. Tom Brady, after a play, is sort of in Matthew's face. And that's really the end of it. But then Matthew, after the Super Bowl, tweets the following when asked about what happened between him and Tom Brady. He called me something I won't repeat, but yeah, I'll let the media throw me under the bus as if I did something or said something to him. I read that quote and I said, we have a problem. The NFL has the face of its entire league, the white Tom Brady, saying something that got Matthew all up in arms, and you can't read his tweet without thinking that Tom Brady used a racial slur. Then it comes out that Tom Brady apologized to Matthew after the game via text. These players all have each other's cell phone numbers. There must be like a secret book. We had a book every year with all of the owners, presidents, GMs, and people who worked, managers, coaches, et cetera, that gets given to people in those positions. So there must be a book. Somehow the players all have their phone numbers, whatever. He texts them. Maybe it was through a text on social media, through a public DM. Who knows? Who cares? But Brady's apologizing, saying that he wasn't professional and that Matthew himself is a professional and a great worker, a great player. Congratulations. All right, are we good? Are we done? Don't forget, Tom Brady doesn't do anything that's not on brand. And I respect that. He's got a brand, and he's going to pay attention to it. He's going to cultivate it and foster it. So I'm thinking, this could not end well. Because if Matthew's sitting on something, and Brady's apologizing for something, it's eventually going to come out. So words trickles up like salmon fighting upstream, gets to Roger Goodell. And there's no doubt that Goodell realized that he had to do something to nip this in the bud. So unbeknownst to anybody who is actually a good advisor or anyone who's not genuflecting toward Roger in general, which is what everyone does, they make the decision to tell NFL films, you will not release the audio of the Tom Brady Tyron Matthew exchange. NFL Films has it. They won't release it. They were told they will not release it, which is another example of Roger Goodell trying to control the NFL narrative. But in this case, he's making a mistake. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with Michael Irvin often. I don't think about Michael Irvin that often. Michael Irvin came out and said, I've heard the audio. Tom Brady does not use a racial slur 
Why aren't we releasing the audio? Because when you don't release it, you are leaving open the possible question that a racial slur was used. Could Michael Irvin, is he being used by the NFL as a conduit of a message to try to get this story to die and go away? Because if it's true what Michael Irvin's saying, and you're Roger Goodell, you are releasing this NFL film audio this second. Why would you screw with the brand in any way? We've already learned that the NFL will do whatever it has to do to protect its players, regardless of behavior. We learned it when Miles Garrett smashed Mason Rudolph. Garrett accused Rudolph of using a racial slur. You remember that? No audio released. Would have been good to release it. That would solve it. You know Kareem Hunt, gone from the Chiefs, signed by the Browns. Domestic violence, assault. You know Tyreek Hill, the best wide receiver on the Chiefs, kicked off his college team for domestic violence. You know the Chiefs have another player, some offensive lineman, I can't remember his name, kicked off his college team. Frank Clark, thank you, Coca. He's a defensive lineman, kicked off his team. What strikes me about the commonality of this is that the NFL is trying so hard to be a leader in social change. They're trying so hard to be the league that is looked to to stop racism, to stop sexism, celebrating the Chiefs' diversity on their coaching staff, celebrating. Yet we've got the problem with the Washington football team. We've got the problem with unbelievable violence, the potential racism that we discussed as it relates to the concussion settlement. We have the problem of players and violence and lack of accountability. And where is the NFL? They are in straight cover-up mode. So when you have a chance to actually back up your woke position and you don't, why should I believe anything other than it's a cover-up? And this is not because I'm a conspiracy theorist. This is not because I don't believe Michael Irvin, because I do believe Michael Irvin. But does it make sense to you that there's nothing to hear on the audio in the Rudolph Garrett case, in the Brady Matthew case, but they choose not to release it? What would be the reason? And if you don't want to release it on your own, no problem. I've been there. Guess what? It's called L E A K. You can release a video through a leak in the time it takes to send a text. That's how easy it is. And then once the video is released, you cannot comment on it. You can let the video speak for itself because we'll comment on it. People in the media, people in social media, anybody with a platform will say whatever Matthew was tweeting about that caused him to delete his tweet was not racially based. That is the world in which we live, where we assume the worst, we hope for the best, and until we're proven otherwise three times over, 
It's the ultimate wait to see. And when you're running a billion dollar corporation, you want to have as few wait to sees as possible. You want to dictate and control every bit of narrative. Such a different world, me running a team for 18 years versus me doing nothing personal for one and a half years. I would never, ever, never say never. I never say never. I like when I say never say never. It would be highly unusual for me to ever have a situation while running a team where there would be a wait to see because I would not go public with something until I knew it was the case. I would definitely use the media and leak certain bits of a story and talk to reporters about where I wanted a story to go because I knew if I had more information in my back pocket that was gonna be released at a later time. I knew that if I didn't know, remember from the Britney Spears documentary, we don't know what we don't know. That was reviewed on yesterday's Levitar Local Hour show. We don't know what we don't know. When you run a team, if you pretend to know something you don't know, every single time you will have a problem. It's a good lesson for any of your businesses, for any of your lives. You must be willing to acknowledge what you don't know. And there's always something you don't know. So when I'm running the team, which is a small microcosm, one thirtieth of what it is to run a league, if I am so super careful and so super controlling, as in type A controlling, you think Roger Goodell isn't that as well times 10? Of course he is. And when you have that type of control, you cannot afford a void. And what is existing in the NFL right now is a void of information, which is leading to speculation, which is exactly what you don't want, especially on the subject of race, which is so sensitive, especially when the background of the league shows that they're going to be tolerant of things that they claim they're not when it's convenient for them. It's not stopping. They brought in a new coach in Jacksonville, changing the culture, Urban Meyer, fell out of retirement. One of the five white coaches who took the seven openings in the NFL. He's putting his staff together, got announced yesterday. They're bringing someone to the NFL who was fired by Iowa. They're bringing someone to the NFL to be a coach who was accused of racism, of abuse of his players, as a highly paid strength and conditioning coach, but Urban Meyer said, we're bringing him in and here's why. We want best in category and he's the best, but don't worry, NFL, I vetted him. Let me tell you how head coaches vet coaches they're hiring. Hey, uh, Chris, you're not racist, right? Hey, that story of abuse, you, you wouldn't tell people to go swim, but you can't swim because you're black. You don't do that stuff, right? Yeah, just just say that you don't, you've never done that. And all the Iowa players who went public are all lying. And the Iowa guy we have in our team, Coca, there's an Iowa guy in the Jaguars, so I can't remember who his name is. Yeah, he won't have a problem. Should we call him first? No, we better not call him first, but we'll just, we'll release him or trade him, no problem. But But Chris, let me just, for the record, because this is a very deep, detailed vetting process. Chris. We're good, right? There's nothing else. No one, no one's coming out of the woodwork because 
you're you're Chris. I know you. You're fine, right? Um, Urban, I just want the job. Of course I'm fine. I can't believe I even fired me. I never did any of that stuff. I would never say anything like that. Okay, thank you. Bring, bring, bring. Hey, um, Roger, looks like Urban Mayor's bringing in Chris Doyle. Any issues? Roger said, issues? We need the Jaguars to be good. Do you know why? Do you know the amount of business the Jaguars do for us by playing games in London? And believe me, we're going back to London. This epidemic is going to end. This pandemic is going to end. This endemic is going to end. <laughs> we're going back overseas. Do you know how beneficial it is for us if we don't bring a crap team over there to play half its games? Anything Urban wants, Urban gets. Well, my word of the day, our word of the day on nothing personal is NFL films. Because hey, I want you to go back and say a little Kaddish for the Sable family, Ed and Steve. Listen to a few NFL films and think to yourself how much better it would be if the NFL were not controlling what we heard and what we saw. So this pandemic is still happening. I think we know that, right? Is anyone having trouble getting a vaccine? I, I mean, I, I, I go online. I'm looking to try to get a vaccine. I'm not eligible. Even though I had COVID, I think I should still get vaccinated, though I'm reading online in the fire pit rabbit hole of, should it be 90 days? Do you wait 30 days? Anyway, there is a uh, still an issue going on in sports right now with COVID. The NHL, NHL is having significant problems. The NFL made it through. The NBA is making it through. And uh, MLB is starting spring training. I'm not losing that way to see yet, though I do have a way to see that spring training will be delayed because I thought it would. But spring training starts February 17 next week. Holy cow. But guess what's still happening in 2021? The border is closed. The border. Run for the border. That's a Friday voice crack if there ever was a voice crack. Coca keeps, keeps telling me to drink tea and, and hot water with lemon. I had like five shows yesterday. And by the end of the day, I think the last show ended at about 5.30 p.m. And when I do shows, you know how I am. I am not only do I gesticulate with my hands, but I use the octaves of my voice. And by the end of the day, I could barely talk. I'm not sure why we're even talking about this, Coca. Why was I even thinking about, oh, because by, by Friday, the end of a week, I landed the plane, Coca. I didn't land in Canada because there's only four airports I can land in now. If you land in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, or another one, <laughs> you then have to quarantine in a government-run hotel for a couple Gs. That border's closed. Guess what that means? It means we've got to so you want to talk to Samson. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That means that you've gone on Twitter, David P. Samson. It means you've gone on Apple and you have rated and reviewed nothing personal. Keep it going. You've told a friend that you've subscribed and you've gotten three friends to subscribe and they've got nine friends to subscribe. And all of a sudden, here we are getting closer to February 28th. Here we are. Get in my DMs at David P. Sampson, ask a question. Here's what you asked. It was a good one. And it was exactly pertinent to something I wanted to discuss today. 
Do you think the Blue Jays will play in Buffalo again this season? Question mark. I assume you're asking that question because it was announced yesterday the Toronto Raptors will be finishing the entirety of their NBA season in the great championship city of Tampa Bay. The Raptors who struggled in their to start their season are now playing better and people are saying they're more comfortable in Tampa. What a crock of crap. They're not more comfortable in Tampa. They're on the road every day. Tampa's not their home. They are permanently on a road trip, a permanent road trip. Imagine being on a permanent trip. Just imagine like you're hoping to trip just for like a day or maybe six hours. And then all of a sudden it's forever. Nicholas Cage had a great line when he was talking to Don Cheadle in one of my favorite movies called The Family Man. It's one of those movies where you, with T. Leone, where you get to, I've reviewed it, I think on Nothing Personal, where you get to decide whether or not the life you have is the life you want. And if you want a different life, maybe you go to the different life, maybe you don't like the different life and you want to get your old life back, but then you can't get your old life back. It's like Mr. Destiny with James Belushi, which I loved, absolutely loved, if you haven't seen it. So Nicolas Cage is trying to figure out what's going on. And Don Cheadle is this angel who is explaining to him what's happening. And Nicholas Cage looks at him and says, what did I do to deserve this permanent acid trip? I don't know what any of us does to deserve a permanent trip, but that's what the Raptors are on. Guess what? The Blue Jays are on their way to Dunedin. That's a place in Florida. Florida is perfectly fine. I was just listening to the governor yesterday. Florida has no problems. Anyone can get vaccinated. Anyone can get tested. COVID is not on the rise. There's no other strains. It's all good. You want to wear a mask? Fine. You don't want to wear a mask? Fine. But don't believe that there's an issue with travel because there's not. And if anyone makes an issue going to Florida and not of Florida, I'm going to have something to say about it. The governor is on top of it. I mean, if you don't think that Ronnie has your back, then you simply aren't looking in the rearview mirror. Just make sure your pants are pulled up if you're a Floridian. So the Blue Jays are heading to Dunedin and they're wondering to themselves, what next? Where are we going? I'll tell you where they're not going. They're not going back to Toronto. Here are the chances, just between us, that the Blue Jays will play home games in Toronto this year. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here they are. That's what they are. It's the amount of light that you can shine through your hand when you put it together in a prayer motion. I'm trying to see, can I see any light? Can I see any light? Is there any, no, no light, no chance. I used to like the expression when I was a kid, no chance toilet pants. So what are the Blue Jays gonna do? Minor league season is gonna happen. Can they go back to Buffalo where there's a triple A team or are they now a double A team? Wait a minute, what's going on with the minor leagues? Does Buffalo even have a minor league team? Is it single A, double A, triple A? Is it no way? Is it independent? You need a scoreboard to keep track of the minor league teams these days. Well, guess what? I guarantee you the Blue Jays will be playing in Buffalo again. They may wait and play a little bit in Dunedin and wait for the weather to get better in Buffalo because Buffalo doesn't have a roof and it's cold outside, folks. It's cold. Button up, everybody. It's cold outside. I miss you, Groundhog Day. By the way, what is with Groundhog Day? Six more weeks of winter, six more weeks of summer. What does that mean? If I'm in Florida, every day is summer. And if I'm in New York, it's cold. 
But does it mean all of a sudden six weeks from February 2nd because some Puxatawney Phil pops his head out and says six more weeks that it, all of a sudden in the middle of March, it's warm? I don't even get the whole thing. All I know is that playing in Buffalo starting April 1st is no different than playing in New York starting April 1st or Cleveland or Milwaukee. It's cold. You need a roof. Or you just get cold. Or you're like in Minnesota where it's cold and you got heaters. When we took a tour of the Minnesota ballpark when we were building Marlins Park, and they had all these amazing sort of warming areas. It informed us that we may need some cool areas. And then we said, no, we don't. We're going to have a roof. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Can you imagine building a ballpark without a roof? Why would you do that? Why would you ever do that? Anyway, someone asked me recently on Twitter why Seattle doesn't have a roof. Um, they do have a roof. It's just not a climatized full roof. There are holes. It gets cold and it gets hot. The weather in Seattle, it covers the rain. That was the issue in Seattle. I don't know why that was in my head. I have no idea what synapses are going on in my head at this moment. What I do know is that if you're asking me if the Blue Jays will play in Buffalo again, the answer is a resounding no doubt about it. Not worthy of a wait to see. Yes, they will because the border in Canada is going to be closed. My guess is the entire year of 2021, literally the entire calendar year of 2021. Forget the baseball season, forget the basketball season, forget the football season. I'm talking about until December 31st. That's sort of a prediction. Maybe that's a wait to see. Should we do a bonus wait to see, Coca? No, I don't want to. The wait to see later in the show is pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Um, did you know that Trevor Bauer got announced and he's now a Los Angeles Dodger? When we come back, we're going to review a great TV show on Netflix called Lupin that's in French with English subtitles that Coca won't watch because he doesn't want to read subtitles. Come on, Coca. And we're also going to talk Trevor Bauer. We will be right Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you very much for sticking with Nothing Personal this entire week. Today is Friday, February 20th, 2020. February, uh, strike that. Okay, welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Today is Friday, February 12th, 2021. We are in the middle of a show, and you're sticking with us. Retention, baby, it's retention. I get to watch a movie every day, and I do. I've been doing that forever, or a TV show. It was suggested to me by the former owner of the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, Montreal Expos. None other than Jeffrey Loria, who I thank every day for the ring on my finger. Look at that ring. Are you watching on YouTube on Nothing Personal with David Sampson channel? Do you see it? Do you, do you don't? Oh, I'm not wearing it right now. Should I go get it, Coca? Right in the middle of a show. Should I just walk off the set and get the ring and put it on? Now I'll wear it opening day again. He told me to watch a show called Lupin. Lupin. It's about a heist. It's a heist. They want to steal something from the Louvre, which is the museum with that big pyramid in front designed by I.M. Pei. I.M. Pei, not I.M. Pei, I.M. Pei, the architect. It's outstanding. It is so clever, brilliant, funny, and action-packed 
that the entire series is a binge series that took me, wait for it, wait for it, under 48 hours to do the entire thing. Now, I don't know if that counts as a binge because I'm also watching other things at the same time, but I got through all the episodes very quickly. It stars Omar Sy. I have a special side movie suggestion. If you haven't watched The Intouchables, watch it now. It was remade as The Upside with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. But the original movies in French with Omar Sy called The Untouchables about a caretaker who cares for a man in a wheelchair who really has no interest in living in the wheelchair. It's you know what it's a lot like. Wait a minute. We just watched a movie about this and we just reviewed it. I thought, um, oh, my God, Coca, come on, man. Come on. Work with me. Synapse. Rolodex. Go. Fun. Um, Paul Rudd. Fundamentals of caring. Yes. I ate my Wheaties this morning. I'm feeling good. It's called Lupin season one. I think there's going to be a season two, but frankly, they could have ended it right there. Although season one ends on a hanger of a cliff. Whatever good comes from a cliffhanger, right? When you're hanging off a cliff, how often do you get rescued? Don't your fingers just eventually get tired and you fall into the abyss? But that's the expression we always use. It's a cliffhanger but it could have been a series ender. And I think what they did is they made it a series ender cliffhanger just in case enough people watched it and they wanted to pick it up for another season, which I think they did because it's that good. So watch season one. It's on Netflix right now. And if you can't afford Netflix, that means you didn't take the trailblazers. I gave you the pick. The nothing personal pick of the day was a very unpopular pick. Everybody is riding the Sixers. Joel Embiid for MVP. Doc Rivers, coach of the year, best team in the East. Only giving five and a half to the Trailblazers. How can that be? They'd won six out of eight or eight out of 10 or nine out of 11 or four in a row. Who knows? Who cares? And I said, don't sleep on the Trailblazers. How can they only be giving five and a half? Why are they giving that many? It makes no sense to me. Of course, if I thought that, then why was I not taking the Sixers? What I meant is the the Trailblazers were getting too many points. So we went with the Trailblazers, getting five and a half. We didn't need them. Luckily, we needed four and a half because it was a four-point game. Trailblazers lost by four. They could have lost by six. Wait a minute. You know, pay attention to the show. Someone told me on Twitter yesterday, Coca, did you not know that Trevor Bauer was a Dodger? Because on your show, you talked about Trevor Bauer and JT Realmuto going to the Mets. I was kidding. There's a level of sarcasm. I sometimes make mistakes that require corrections and you, the fans know exactly when those happen. Other times it is purposeful. Of course, I know the trailblazers beat the Sixers. We didn't need five and a half points. We didn't need any points. We could have given three and a half points and still won the pick of the day. Trailblazers were 18 and 16. Big game tonight and you're going to play it. The Jazz are giving one and a half points to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are my choice to win the NBA Finals over the Denver Nuggets. That was my choice before the season started. Now the season's playing out. Preseason picks rarely come true, even though I'm willing to tell you when I'm right, when I'm wrong, because that's what a wait to see is. That's what a pick is. The Jazz are giving one and a half points to the Bucks. The Jazz are so much better than the Bucks today. Today. I don't know about June, but today. That line's wrong. We're going to end the week. We're looking to go three games over 500. 18 and 16. We're taking the Jazz. One and a half over the Bucks.
I got to explain something. I, I'm not exactly sure why this continues to uh, be misunderstood because it's really quite simple. In baseball, when a player makes the major league team, that player gets a day of service for every day that player is on the 26-man roster. When the player's on the 26-man roster and gets hurt, he gets put on the major league injured list. For every day a player's on the injured list, he gets a day of service. When you get a year of service, that means you have been on the active roster or the injured list for a total of 172 days. The season lasts about 184. There's 162 games. If you are active or injured on the major league list for 172 days, you have what's called one year of service. It's not that hard. That's pretty easy math, isn't it? Once you get to six years of service, you are a free agent. You can do whatever you want. For the first three years of service, the team can tell you what you're going to get paid. But the collective bargain agreement says there's a minimum, like 600 grand. From years three through six, you are in something called arbitration, where you say what you want, the team says what it wants to pay you, and an independent arbitration panel consisting of three arbitrators chosen by the union and the league say, we agree with you team, or we agree with you player. We're not going to meet you in the middle. We're going to choose the team number or the player number. And that's what you get paid for years three through six. Every player gets three years of arbitration before becoming a free agent. And then there's a concept of what's called a super two. Are you still with me, Coca? This isn't that hard. A super two. Think about it. I always would call it during my time. Arbitration. Five, four, three. Do a wipe here, Coca. Eight, 10, 69. When I was running a team, I used to call a super two arbitration on steroids. That means that it's something greater than arbitration for the player and worse for the team. Super two is when you don't yet have three years of service. You have two years of service Plus, you're in between two years and three years. They take every player and they put them in a big boiling pot of water. Every player goes in that pot who has between two and three years of service. And then they say, the top 22% of you, not in talent, not in height, not in weight, not in average. The top 22% in service time. You get to be arbitration eligible right now, which means you are eligible as a super two. And then again, as a three, as a four, and as a five, you get four years of arbitration. Congrats. That's why we manipulate player service time, because we don't want players to be in the top 22% when they are between year two and year three at the end of a season. That is why you call up a player late in June, because then they will not get the approximate two years plus 130 days, which is approximately what the top 22% of players who are between two and three years of service get. And we would stop you from becoming a super two. Yes, that is service time manipulation. Yes, that is a violation. Yes, we pretended not to do it by saying a player was not performing or injured or whatever he was. 
but we would keep track of days the way you keep track of underwear. I mean, me. I don't know if you do. I do. Walker Bueller. I call him Ferris. He's a good pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's a super two. He gets to go to arbitration this year. He filed a 2-5 or 275 or 325. <laughs> Bueller filed at 325 or 35. Do we know what he filed that for Christ's sake? For the love of God, I thought it was 325 and 25 were the filing numbers. In any case, the Dodgers are a file and trial team and they made a deal with Walker Bueller. They signed him to a two-year contract, and I want to talk about it because it's very interesting to me. Bueller was given a $2 million signing bonus. That gives him $2 million right now, but you can pay it however you want, so it's paid $1 million on March 1 and $1 million next January 15th. The reason why teams do that is that The January 15th part of the bonus is on next year's budget. The March 1st part of the bonus is on this year's budget. And when the league and the union is looking at the salary of the player, they only count what is this year, half the bonus. So it's one and one. That means that Bueller's salary, whatever it is, add a million, and that's his salary for 2021. But of course, in arbitration, when you're in the room, you get to say, that's a long-term deal. That's not a comparable that we need to think about when we're trying to decide this player's salary. In any case, $2 million signing bonus. Good for him. $2.75 million this year is a super two in salary and 3.25 in 2022. That's 3.25 plus 2.75. That's $6 million plus $2 million signing bonus. That's a two-year, $8 million contract for Rocky Bueller and people are up in arms. How could it be? Why would he agree to such a small deal? Here's the answer. He's getting 275 plus one is 375 this year. As a first time eligible with the World Series, with great bulk in the postseason, but with some injury, he is getting a very high number as a super two first time eligible pitcher. Next year, If he were to go to arbitration again, he would have to perform over 162 games, try to get some more Cy Young votes, try to get some more postseason action, show that they have great attendance in Los Angeles, which is another thing you can show to try to get more money, have a very good year on a great team, and go into the room and get a raise off the 275, claim you want to get a raise off the 375 because that's half of the bonus. You could even claim you want to raise off the 475 because you got a $2 million bonus right now and a salary of 2.75. To get that raise, and if you are the best of the best, let's say you're going to get a double. So let's say you assume his salary is not 275 this year. Let's say you assume it's 375. And that means next year, your salary could maybe be $7 million as a second time eligible three plus player. But you damn well better be good. Bueller said to himself, why take the chance? I'm not giving up free agent years. I'm getting guaranteed money. I'm getting a signing bonus where I get a million bucks right now. Maybe I want to buy my parents a house or I want to buy a car, a jet. But then you get into the detail of this contract. And here's the interesting point. When you go to arbitration, the contract that the arbitrator decides, 
that you either get paid the team submitted number or the player submitted number. Guess what's not in that contract? Any bonuses. Never. You don't get a bonus for being an all-star. You don't get a bonus for being a uh, an MVP. You don't get a bonus for innings pitched. You don't get a bonus for anything. It's a straight contract. And we would always hold that over the player's head. Hey, you want to go to arbitration? If you go to arbitration, just know we're offering you right now 100 grand if you're elected to be the, an all-star. We're going to give you 500 grand if you're the league MVP or the World Series MVP. Oh, you want to go to the room? Fine. None of that's going to happen. Do you know what Bueller got in the second year of his contract? If he starts 14 games, 14 games, that means that he misses more than half the season, he gets an extra half million dollars. If he starts 16 games, he gets another half a million dollars. 18, half million, 20, half million, 24, half million, 28, half million. Let me count. One million, two million. That's three million extra dollars by getting 28 starts. 28 starts means that you've been healthy because generally you'd get 32 to 35 starts. Wait a minute, 28 starts isn't being healthy. Oh my God, he gets an extra $3 million added to his salary, which means that his salary in year two can go from 3.25 to 6.25. Hmm. The only way that that would go up in arbitration to 6.25 from a number this year of around three is having 28 starts and making them good. But now what we're saying is that in 2021, because he got a guaranteed contract, he could get 28 starts, be mediocre with the capital M. The Dodgers could lose to the Padres, not win the World Series, maybe not even make the playoffs, even though they're favored to make the playoffs and win 102.9 games, as you heard yesterday. He is guaranteed his money. Why the Dodgers do this? I know why Bueller did it. It's a great deal for Bueller. All of you complaining that it was, oh, my God, another example of players being taken advantage of. No, no. This was the Dodgers saying, we don't want to go into a room with Walker Bueller and have to say not nice things. We don't want to have to point out the warts on Walker Bueller's career. Why would we want to do anything that would take away from the greatness that we have? Don't cry for me, Argentina, please. And you know who else you shouldn't cry for? Trevor Bauer. He had a press conference yesterday. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Socially distance, Andrew Friedman, Trevor Bauer, Dave Roberts. Trevor Bauer took number 27, Vladimir Guerrero's number, John Carlos Stanton's number. And he gave the biggest load of crap. I want to read to you some stuff because it's, it's too good. It's too good. It wasn't about the money for me, Bauer said. It's about being a part of something that's bigger than myself. Being part of an organization that can win. I want to win a World Series. I've come in second in both college and the big leagues. I'm tired of it. So I want to come in first. Excuse me while I vomit. The Los Angeles Dodgers did exactly what they wanted in Trevor Bauer's camp with reckless indifference to any of the issues that surround Bauer off the field or on the field. With reckless disregard for the way he's treated women, for the distraction that he causes on the field and off the field. The Los Angeles Dodgers could not allow the Padres to win the offseason or the Mets. Trevor Bauer wanted above Garrett Cole's $36 million AAV, and he wasn't going to get it. He didn't get it, but he gets to say instead, 
He is going to be this year and next year, the highest paid player in Major League Baseball, the highest paid player in Major League Baseball history. Here's my question. Is Trevor Bauer the greatest player in Major League Baseball today? NAC. Not a chance. Don't insult your fans by saying it wasn't about the money. Because every time we hear it, we know very well it is about the money. Oh, he's close to home. Oh, the Dodgers won eight divisions in a row and repeating. They want to repeat. No team's repeated since 98 through 2000, so the odds are the Dodgers aren't going to repeat. So if you want to win a World Series, you probably shouldn't be going to the Dodgers. You should probably go to the Mets or the Padres or the Phillies or the Braves or the Twinkies. Anybody, not the Dodgers. Wait a minute. No one else was offering you $85 million divided by two and then a player option for a third year at 17? Hmm. Hmm. It's very interesting to me, Coca. It's very interesting to me. Article came out trying to say that Trevor Bauer should have not been signed or should have been a little more apologetic. Trevor Bauer started yelling at fans and who were asking for his autograph, and he posted something saying, please, don't get in my way. I'm going to sign as many as I can, but let me walk. You don't want to be a star. Going to L.A. is just the place for you. You don't want to be noticed getting yourself 900,000 followers on social media and doing everything through social media. That's a good way not to be noticed. You don't want any problems. Then you didn't release a live link selling Mets merchandise that required an apology because you were signing with the Dodgers and you were prepared to sign anywhere, whatever. You don't want to be called out because you are fomenting misogyny. Okay. No problem. You want to be the highest paid player in Major League Baseball? You're going to have scrutiny. That's how it is. You want to play in Los Angeles? You're going to have scrutiny. That's how it is. You want to be on an apology tour? Fine. You want to say that you're going to change your behavior? You want to say that you're here to make a positive impact? You're committed to being better on social media, being better on the field, better in the clubhouse, better in life in general? I don't really understand. You got a lot of things to be better, and we all do. We can all improve, right? That's clear. Everyone can improve. I like it. Self-improvement matters. Finding yourself. What do you need to do to get better on and off the field? I'm, I'm all in, Trevor. I want that. But don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me you didn't sign there because of the money. And don't tell me that somehow everything has changed because you very well know it's just business. That's right, Trevor. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.